Welcome to the Divorce Survival Guide podcast, where we have open and honest conversations about co-parenting, separation, divorce, and the hardest question of all, should you stay or should you go? I'm Kate Anthony, your Divorce Survival Guide, and I'm here to help you navigate some of the roughest waters you've ever swum in and answer some of your toughest questions. I've been to hell and back, and now it's my mission in life to help you get to the other side of this process with your sanity and your heart intact. Hey everyone, welcome back. All right, listen up. I have an announcement, some big news. It's been a really long time since I have created a new program and I have done just that now. This is my big announcement, announcing Phoenix Rising, a divorce empowerment collective. Phoenix Rising is an ongoing group coaching program designed to walk you through some of the hardest parts of your divorce in community with other women who are going through it too. Now, you may be wondering how this group program differs from Grit and Grace. So here's the deal. I've actually had to, I've made the difficult decision to close down Grit and Grace. And it, listen, it's been an incredible journey. It's been the greatest honor to witness the growth of the women who've spent time in the group, some of them for three months, some of them for over a year, many women for over a year. Unfortunately, there have been certain constraints that have made ongoing enrollment difficult, namely the price and the timing of the group calls. So I've had to take a really hard look at what's worked and hasn't worked in Grit and Grace. And so I have reworked it into a new program, Phoenix Rising, that begins in February. So this Phoenix Rising is going to be priced more affordably at just $197 a month. I'm going to host two 90-minute group calls a month rather than three two-hour calls. And I'm going to host them at different times so as to be accessible to different time zones and people who work or don't work, have the kids at home, don't have the kids at home, things like that. I'm also going to be holding monthly office hours and a monthly Q&A with our guest expert in our private Facebook group. So my hope is that this program is going to be accessible to a greater number of women and therefore provide even more support than Grit and Grace has been to the many women who've gone through it. Listen, the more people we bring together, the more expertise, the more collective expertise we have in the group. One of the beautiful things that we've experienced in Grit and Grace is that we've had people who have gone through really complex financial divorce experiences, and they've been able to lend their, what they've learned about that to the other women in the group. Things that maybe I didn't have access to or know yet, right? I've actually learned from the women as well. Obviously, I bring my expertise. I'm not asking you guys to teach the course, but this is the power of a collective, right? This is why we come together in community. Here's what Phoenix Rising is going to give you, right? You're going to get uh, mindset and we're going to cover mindset and strategy so that you'll have clarity and laser focus at a time that you need it most. Mindset is so very important to how you're going to go through this process with your sanity intact, really. We're going to cover communication and documentation so that you can be as prepared as possible should you end up in court. But also, we're going to go through documentation strategies to help you work better with your attorney, whether you end up in court or not. Uh, We're going to cover parenting plans and legal decisions so that you stay in the driver's seat. We're going to help you safeguard against post-separation abuse. We're going to help you move forward with grace. Whatever you need and whenever you need it most, this program will provide for you. And you get it, you know, the whole thing is led by me. I will be, I will be very hands-on in the program. So you also, when you join Phoenix Rising, you also get immediate access to my online programs, Should I Stay or Should I Go, the Divorce Survival Program, Tackling Codependence, and included in the price is one Sanity Saver session, which is a one-hour private coaching session with me. So it's got over $1,300 in bonuses And this program will be available to you for $197 a month. It is an incredible offer. I'm really excited about it. 
I wanted to keep this as low priced as possible so that we can bring together as many women as possible. So if you head over to my website, kateanthony.com slash decided, you will fuck because it's for the women who have decided, right? This is specifically for people who are already made the decision and they're going through divorce. So kateanthony.com slash decided. And you can also click on getting divorced in the navigation menu. And there is an application that I need you to fill out. And then we will either accept you or, uh, you know, if, if I don't feel like it's the right fit, I'm not going to have you in the program, obviously, but I will also make suggestions for things that I think you should do if for some reason you're not the right fit for this program, which listen, if, if you identify with the things that I'm saying and you're like, Oh my God, that's what I need and that's what I want. Then yeah, you probably, <laughs> this is the right program for you. So. I just want to tell you some of the things that some of the women in Grit and Grace have said about being in this level of community. Sharon said, I feel as if the ground under my feet has shifted from the mucky swampland to sturdy bedrock. Having the support and connection to a posse of women who truly understand my challenges has lifted me up and empowered me to face reality and finally reclaim my life. Another a uh, woman in the program said that joining this program was one of the best decisions I've made. The group calls are amazing and the sense of community, sisterhood, validation, and support is invaluable. Uh, someone else said that Kate has been outstanding in her wisdom, support, and calling it out exactly how it is. <laughs> Ooh, yep, that's what I do. She not only helps you through the process of figuring out what your next step is, but also provides you with a plethora of work to do in healing and moving toward the life you deserve. If that sounds like something that you want, if you have finally made the hardest decision of your life and you're now worried about everything that comes next, Phoenix Rising is 100% for you. So please head on over to kateanthony.com slash decided and check out the, um, the page there and you'll find a link to the application. And I am so excited to see you all in Phoenix Rising. On to today's episode. Today I have with me Beverly Price. Beverly uh, is, she runs a, an organization or company called Her Empowered Divorce. She's helped thousands of women in her 30 plus years divorce coaching experience by providing knowledge, support, and insight to empower those going through the divorce process before, during, and after. Her one-on-one -on -one coaching process includes extensive preparation, legal and financial education, emotional management, communication and negotiation skills, empowerment and support. And she has a personal history with co-parenting, domestic violence, multiple divorces, and being a single working mother and so much more. And she's also the creator of the Divorce Coalition, which along with uh, founders, Susan Guthrie and myself, we formed a group of top podcast host bloggers and divorce professionals who are dedicated to bringing he understanding, healing, and resilience to the forefront and ending the cycle of abuse one survivor at a time. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Beverly Price. Beverly, thank you so much for being here. I'm really excited to talk to you about all things divorce. Oh, that's wonderful. It's one of my favorite topics. <laughs> <laughs> Mine too. Weirdly, we're a weird, we're a weird breed. You know, I think what we're really focusing on here is preparing, right? Like really preparing for this. This, you know, most people who go through divorce, this is their for most people, it's their first time. For those mm -hmm. for whom it's not the first time, it is the first time you're getting this divorce because all divorces yes. are different, right? And so we we know that we need to prepare our legal documents. We need to prepare our financial documents, things like that. But what what other things do people need to do to prepare? Absolutely. Well, one of the first things I always ask is, have you experienced any form of domestic abuse? 
mm-hmm. um, because I think that's an issue that needs to be you know addressed before you even dive into the actual preparation of divorce. And Agreed. I found that there are victims that don't even realize they're victims. Mm-hmm. And so trying to ascertain that, trying to refer them to the appropriate professionals and experts, uh, making them uh understand that they have to have a safety plan before leaving because mm-hmm. of the risks. Um, That's right. Those kinds of things I ask first. And mm-hmm. then I dive into the specifics of the actual preparation for divorce. And I know you have a world of knowledge about domestic abuse. Um, so I'm sure you have some thoughts on that too. Yeah. No, I mean, absolutely. It is. And it's so true that so many women actually don't. Well, it doesn't hit me, right? That's right. That's the line. So many women actually don't know what the other signs are of domestic abuse. Mm -hmm. And when they realize, you know, helping them understand that is important, right? It is important Mm -hmm. because we know that it escalates at this particular juncture, right? Yes. Well, let's talk about some of the red flags. When someone says to you, well, I don't know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't know if I've experienced abuse or like, no, 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 no. I mean, he's never hit me. How Mm -hmm. do you help women identify that that's what's actually happening for them? Well, there's a couple of things I can do. I um, have a list of what I consider the types of abuse And I came up with 18. And a lot of people just think abuse is being hit or getting a broken bone. No. So one of the things I do is show them that list and let Mm. them kind of ponder it. Mm. Um, The other thing that you can do is there are quizzes. And I have a quiz about am I a victim? Mm. And it goes through certain behaviors from the abuser or certain things that have happened to the victim that they may identify with. Mm-hmm. Now you still may have people that that have gone through that that don't want to acknowledge it and that's their thing. They have the right to do that, but I always refer them to the domestic violence hotline yeah. so that if and when they come to that point they have a resource to contact or know to contact their local shelter. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, How do you help women like assess whether they're actually in danger or it's just going to be a pain in the ass? Wow. That's, I don't know that I can necessarily assess that. Mm -hmm. Um, I can have deep suspicions You know, obviously, when somebody talks about being hit, that's one. Well, right. (laughs) That is a that is a major red flag that you're going to be in danger. If someone says my husband has never allowed me to have access to bank accounts or keeps me on a tight budget or things like that, I can suspect financial abuse Mm -hmm. or he has hidden assets and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, The emotional abuse the verbal abuse, the coercive control kind of invisible issues, I can gather more from talking to them. And my experience with most of my clients is that they have experienced some form of emotional or verbal abuse. Mm -hmm. They probably don't realize it, but it manifests itself in things like depression and low self-worth and low self-esteem and how they talk about themselves. Do they say things like, oh, it's all my fault. I deserved it. Then the flip side of that, and it tends to happen very, very frequently with top executive professional women, is deep shame. Mm, That not only there's the shame of divorce, but the shame of domestic violence. I should know better. I'm I'm well educated. I'm, you know, I earn a lot of money, those kinds of things. And that's actually my personal story. I had Mm. multiple divorces and in each one, there was domestic abuse of one form or the other. 
Number one, I had so much shame around multiple divorces, but number two, I had shame around domestic violence. Now, I recognize the violence, but the invisible types, in many cases, I didn't recognize until I started working more in domestic abuse and learned about the other types. If it took me a while to learn, I have to be sensitive that it takes others a while. And I also have to be really sensitive that the legal profession, the court system may not be as sensitive to the invisible types as um, as the physical or the financial. Right. Well, let's sort of talk about that, right? Because on the one hand, it's really important for us to help women identify when they're being abused. Right. And I and I think that we also as coaches have to be really careful with our clients to make sure that they understand that like this is this is something that they need need to be clear on for themselves. Right. Right. And also that the court system is probably not going to give a shit. Mm -hmm. Frankly. Or even sabotage it. Uh, that's right. Or the court system yeah. will, right, as we know from Joan Meyer's work that, you know, <laughs> that that if, you know, bringing allegations of abuse to the family court system can actually backfire and make, have you lose custody, all sorts of things like that, right? So these are really, really important things, right? So if it's not going to make a difference in court, why does it, why does it make a difference to them. I'll actually step back. And I think the way I, um, I deal with this with a client is I don't say that it's not going to make a difference. Mm -hmm. But what I say is you have to learn how to communicate to be heard and to be understood. Right. Yes. So you don't Good. go in with 10 pages to your attorney, single spaced, everything that he's done in, in, you know, just straight text full of emotions, what you have to do is you have to state events and facts because that's the only thing that the courts will understand. Mm -hmm. That's right. So that's each right. time something happens, you document that. And I have a client now that the documentation is horrendous. You know, there's legal abuse, emotional abuse, financial abuse, you go on and on. And so you have to take that and consolidate it. And I liken it to my days as an executive in corporate America. You would never give an executive 20 pages of data right, or emotion or feelings. You give them an executive summary with facts only. That's and, right. You know, so how you present yourself, how you present your information and how you communicate can give you a leg up. Now, that doesn't right. mean that doesn't guarantee that the court is going to understand, appreciate. But I'm hoping that through a lot of work that we're doing with the Divorce Coalition to fight uh, domestic abuse in the legal court system and legislative areas that we can impact some change and, and create sensitivity in that. Yes, I absolutely agree. It's so important. And it's so important that, and it's so hard, right? Because as a woman, as a mother, you want to appeal to the court as a, you know, the judge is a human being like, but isn't this, don't you understand? And it is, as you said, you know, learning effective communication skills, right? So effective communication is knowing who you're talking to exactly. and how to speak to them in a way that they will receive it. And exactly. Both verbally and written. And it's right. not just the court, but it's also your attorney. That's right. That's right. Mm -hmm. The the wall of emotion, which is sort of why, right, it's so important to have a divorce coach like you or me, mm -hmm. because yeah. we can we can hear the emotion mm -hmm. and help our clients translate that into, okay, what actually matters mm -hmm. for the legal system? I, I was thinking about this actually 
just this morning and last night, I was thinking about the legal system and about how, you know, when there is, let's say, a murder charge, right? An attorney is not, they don't want to know. If you're, if the, mm-hmm. your defense attorney does not ask you if you did it or not, they right. are actually trained not to because mm-hmm. they're not actually interested in the facts of the case. They're actually interested in the legal loopholes. Right. Right. They're not, this is not about, it's not about justice necessarily. It's mm-hmm. about what is the what are the laws state and how do we manipulate or you know present the case in such a way that the legal outcome needs to be X, you know, in mm-hmm. our favor, right? And that's really all it is. It's it's this it's this game of chess through the law, not through justice. Mm-hmm. Not through right, because you can't litigate emotion, sadly. Right. Right. Absolutely. And you shouldn't include total blame of your spouse, you know, statements of that. You want to include he did this, but you don't want to say or you want to say this happened, but you don't want to say he's an awful person. You definitely don't want to say he's a narcissist. That's never personality disorder. Those kinds of things. You again want to almost. Uh, what I suggest to my clients is that they have a box and that box has a lid and it has a lock on it. Mm-hmm. And anytime they're going to write or communicate, go into a meeting or go to court, they open that box and they take every emotion they have from that marriage and divorce and they put it in that box. They shut the box and lock it. Then they begin the process of communicating without emotion. Yeah. in a business-like neutral manner. That's so right. that that to me is real critical. Absolutely. I think that is so and that is so hard. Right. Oh, yeah. And I think that and I think that that's another reason that divorce coaching is so important because these women need to be heard. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. They do. They do. And that's our job. Our job is right. to hear them and then and to believe them. And to believe them. That's right. Yeah. And to validate all that they're experiencing. And if they go to an go straight to an attorney and skip over the divorce coaching process, they I think skip a really critical part of this because they if they go to their attorney with just this wall of emotion and all of that stuff, an attorney is actually not trained to distill that down to what matters. Right. And we are. That is our job. Our job is to say, I hear you. I get it. You're right. You're absolutely right. And Mm -hmm. here now, here are the pieces that we need to pull out to be strategic. Yeah, It's our job to translate all of that heat into strategy. Right. I liken it to in the sense of an attorney and a divorce coach. Mm -hmm. Let's say you're going in for brain surgery. You wouldn't want a general doctor to operate on your brain. You want a brain surgeon. Right. When you're in, and that's the attorney. And when you're in there, you wouldn't want to have surgery without anesthesia. So a divorce coach is the anesthesiologist. Oh, interesting. Are equally as important. I think of divorce as a pie. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I believe in a core divorce team of a coach, an attorney, and a financial professional. And then depending on their needs, they can add to that. For example, in the case of domestic violence, there may be a lot of trauma. So maybe a trauma therapist is important to them. They may have a family home. So a certified divorce lending professional is important or a forensic accountant or this or that, but it's only when the pieces come together that the total result is the best for the client. If you just pull out one piece of the pie, you're, you're losing the benefit of all the others. Yes, absolutely. I want to address something, right? Because not everyone can afford all these people. Oh gosh. Yeah. What what do we, what do the people do who 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 just can't afford to work with me, work with you, work with 
you know, Tammy Wallensack, whoever it is that they're, you know, all of the people that they're going to have on, uh, you know, that we think they need to have on their team? Well, it's depending on what their issues are. There's obviously domestic violence help through shelters and hotline. There are people that have been through the experience before that you could talk to as support, but you have to be careful that the experience is identical. You don't want to compare a hostile divorce to a very amicable one. You don't want to compare a divorce with children and co-parent to a 20-year-old couple uh, no children, no assets, you know, that kind of thing. So, right? so that's yeah. one resource. Mm-hmm. There are resources within the state bar association to call to see if you can get legal assistance at mm-hmm. free or reduced cost. There are also nonprofits that are there. And there's also podcasts. There are um, blogs. There are Instagram organizations. Mm -hmm. Uh, One that I love is called domestic, let's see, Mm domesticshelters.org. Boy, Mm -hmm. what a massive amount of information there. Right. Um, Right. And then, then support groups. But again, in support groups, I think you have to be careful that people are asking for legal advice and people in those groups aren't necessarily trained divorce attorneys. That's right. And you have to be careful about following that advice or following well-intentioned advice from family that doesn't you know, necessarily have the expertise to advise you. That's so important. And I say this all the time. And I sort of, my Facebook group is so active that I can't keep on top of every post. Like I just can't, <laughs> but I, I I would just be there all day. But one of the things that I, that I am constantly sort of having to remind people is that, and, and more often it's, it's the commenters. It's not just, it's not the posters, right? It's people commenting on someone's post from the perspective of their experience. So it's, you know, someone will will ask something from that's fairly benign and a lot of people will pile on about, you know, domestic violence or abuse or whatever where the poster has not said anything about that, <laughs> right? And if you are if you're if you start approaching an amicable divorce, a potentially amicable divorce as if it is domestic violence, you're going to, so, you know, one of the things that people talk about, say all the time is, you know, just have him served, you know, don't have the conversation, just have him served. And I say, well, if you, if you want to ensure that this goes really badly and becomes Mm -hmm. really, really hostile, go for it. Right. Cause that is the surefire way, surefire way to have this start off on the wrong foot. You can't come back from that. You really can't. So it's so important. I think you're absolutely right. Getting education about divorce is so critical as you're going into it. But making sure that you're getting that education from the right places. And to do a substantial amount of it before you contact an attorney. You know, contact the divorce coach first. Get some consultation as to what you might be looking at in the types of divorce, get suggestions for the professionals you need. Things like that um, are important as well. And now a word from our sponsor, Premise Bank. So listen, you guys, when you get divorced, you know you're going to have to open a new bank account. I strongly recommend that you open an account at an institution that is separate from your ex or soon-to-be ex. And I highly recommend Premise Bank just for this. So Premise means first. And this bank is the first of its kind. So a lot of banks will say they have no fees or they're free, but there's some sort of condition or hoop to jump through. Not with Premise. When you have a Premise Perks checking account, you're going to earn 50 cents back on every single purchase that you make on your debit card. Literally every single purchase. 
So a lot of banks collect interchange fees from merchants when you use your debit card. But Premise is the first bank that I've ever heard of that wants to give those perks back to you to the tune of 50 cents per purchase. So if you buy gas, 50 cents back. Buy a cup of coffee, 50 cents back. Buy Pay a bill with your debit card online, 50 cents back. Plus, as I said, this account is free. There are no minimums, no conditions, no overdraft fees, no account fees, literally no shenanigans. You just need a dollar to open the account. There are other perks too. There's free ATM use nationwide, and you can even get a free pack of checks. They are member FDIC, which means that they are FDIC insured, so you don't have to worry about the safety of your money. And if you like talking to a real human, as I very much do, there is a 24-7 call center. It is not farmed out. It is real people in Virginia that work for this bank. So Premise has created a hub on their site dedicated to people going through a financial change because of breakup, divorce, or separation. So if you visit premisebank.com slash DSG, You'll find everything you need to know. They will break down the steps on how to get started navigating your new financial picture. And they even have resources and articles on how to protect your credit score during divorce and other things like that. So head on over to premisebank.com slash DSG for terms and conditions. Again, that's premisebank.com, P-R-I-M-I-S, bank dot com slash DSG. And now back to our show. Unfortunately, you know, I have a lot of clients who come to me after they've hired an attorney and it's really the wrong attorney for them. Right. I mean, how many clients do you have to say, wow. I mean, and a lot of this is because it's the same picker, right? It's the same picker (laughs) that picks, pick their, their spouse that is picking their, uh, uh, divorce attorney, right? We're yeah. <laughs> sort of going to the hardware store for oranges over and over and over again um, in our lives. And that's natural. Um, so understanding where, you know, who you're going to for advice and and whether they actually understand what you're going through. And knowing that, you know, random people on the internet are well-intentioned and divorce law varies state to state. You, oh, absolutely. Yeah. You're not going to get advice you know, from someone in Connecticut about how to do divorce in Michigan. It's not going to, it's not going to work. I think too, that a lot of people that go to attorneys first, first of all, don't interview them as if they are the customer and the attorney is the vendor. So they don't scrutinize. They view the attorney as all knowing kind of like the Wizard of Oz, and they put blanket trust in them. They also don't look for the feeling of connection with that attorney and the understanding of what are the true expectations? How does that attorney communicate? What is their tone? I had one client that felt like her attorney talked down to her and belittled her. Those are the kinds you you need to check out as well. And you don't need to, you shouldn't be afraid of being the client. That's right. And asking for things, being your own advocate. That's right. One of the things I really wish divorce attorneys would do, and I don't understand why they don't, is to present their clients with, it really doesn't take that much. If any divorce attorneys are listening, please consider this. Present your clients with a one sheet about what to expect how yes. how this process works in your state. First, mm-hmm. we're going to file this, then we're going to wait for that. There are certain things that, you know, obviously every case is different, but at the end of the day, the filings and the time, you know, in our state, there's a six-month waiting period mm-hmm. because most attorneys don't tell their clients this. And then their clients are so confused and sitting around waiting and like, I don't know what's going on. And yeah. right, I wish attorneys were better at explaining this to their clients. And I also wish clients, as you said, understood that this attorney works for you. Exactly. There's no one else in your life that you would pay this amount of money and not feel like, and not feel entitled to 
be the boss of the of the of the process. Yeah, they are not God. That's right. They are not would, all knowing. Yeah. It would be like hiring an architect to, you know, redesign your kitchen and then ending up like not knowing what's happening and mm-hmm. having like cabinets show up that you didn't choose or like, Like, absolutely. You you are so on the money there. Yeah. Right. Like this is one of the most expensive things you're going to do in your life. Mm -hmm. You're the boss. I love your statement about the one sheet and the process. I have have a client that Friday afternoon at four, she was sent a document for her equitable distribution hearing. And the attorney's comment was, fill this in. Now, the client didn't understand that there are, in her state, there are three different hearings, at least, that happen before the final equitable distribution documents need to be turned in. She called me in a total panic because there's so much financial information to gather there. Yeah. And um, it, it took talking her down to understand that this literally most people just send in that form with to be determined in there. Mm, mm. And she was in a total panic because she thought she had to have everything perfect and final in there. Right. So if someone had just stepped back and said, here's the kind of thing you need to put in the form or any, and this is a first of three versions, that would have totally eliminated her panic, which adds to her, you know, problems coping with the divorce and being her own advocate. That's right. And she wouldn't know that. Exactly. She wouldn't have any way of knowing that. Frankly, I mean, I think it's great that you knew that. I mm-hmm. like, what did you do? Did you Google? And like, I mean, cause you, do you know, for every, I mean, we don't know these things for every state, right? It's we, we called the divorce team, the other members of the divorce team together, uh-huh. which was the CDFA and myself. Good. And together we talked about that and, and how that happens. And uh, then actually the CDFA was pretty upset and was sending a scathing letter to the attorney. Good. Good. Because how much did it cost her then to call you Mm -hmm. and call the CDFA when the attorney who she's paying probably the most amount to should be the one explaining this? Absolutely. Right. So I think it's really important when people, when you go in for a consultation with an attorney to, I mean, there are questions. I have it outlined in my book. Like I have a whole uh, thing of questions to ask attorneys um, on a consultation when you mm-hmm. meet with them. But I think really it's so important to to say, I need you to walk, you know, how comfortable are you walking me through this as if I don't know anything? Right. I know this is something that you do all day, every day, but this is, I don't know what's, I don't know what's going on and I'm going to need you to explain it to me like I'm a kindergartner every time there's something to be done. And if your attorney sort of scoffs at that and is like, I don't have time for that next, (laughs) right? Let's go looking. (laughs) You know, your architect is going to say, I know you want to have the sink on this side of the wall. Unfortunately, the pipes don't, you know, we'd have to repipe the whole thing and that's going to cost another blah, 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 blah. They're going to explain that to you. They're not going to be like, no, you can't have the sink on that side. Mm-hmm. And move on, right? Like <laughs> you need your attorney to be as willing to talk to you um, about this uh, as you know as you need them to be. And I think another thing that's important that I help my clients with is the terminology, mm. which is so confusing and is so foreign that is important in interpreting things. I have clients send me the communication from their attorney and try and explain that to them in English language um, so that they're not confused with that. I I find legalese. I was, I was signing a contract recently and I was reading it and I was reading the legalese and I just thought, why? Why? There is, there's literally no reason for this to sound this complicated. It's as right. if it's designed for people to not understand what they're signing. 
Yes. I, and I and I really don't understand the reason for it. I would love to ask an attorney. I'll call Susan about that. But you know, why is why are legal documents so impossible to understand? <laughs> you know, like, job security might be one reason. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. I I want to be clear. I don't belittle attorneys. I think they're an amazing resource. Oh, absolutely. That is essential. Whether you're in litigation, in amicable, or you want an attorney to review the documents finalized in the mediation, mm-hmm. they are they are the brain surgeon of the team. But I think that there are some attorneys that could take a lesson from listening to some of the surveys from clients. You know, the biggest dissatisfaction with attorneys from clients is their lack of communication. Now, is that really true or is that a wrong expectation from the client? So not only understanding the process, but setting the expectation of what an attorney is and isn't or does or doesn't do. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. And I and I think you're right, right? There are certain things. I think it's a, you know, it's a yes and, right? It's a both thing. Yeah. I think that they don't I don't think they spend a lot of time teaching communication skills in law school. Attorneys are not are not going to be, you know, they're attorneys. They're not coaches. We are the as you said, we're the anesthesiologists. We're the ones that are sort of, tr- you know, helping them walk the line to the attorney effectively. But and I also think that attorneys can do a better job of remembering that their clients don't know what the hell's going on and they're right. in a, a heightened emotions emotional state. Exactly. And we live in this information age where there is so much information and education available, as you said, on podcasts and websites and blogs and Instagram, right? All over the yeah. place. Yeah. So take some time. So there's something else I wanted to ask you about, which is about privacy. When you're going through this process, there are certain aspects of privacy that are really critical. Mm-hmm. Um, certain that might maybe over over considered, maybe mm-hmm. right. So, so what do you what do you say to your clients about um, privacy, ensuring privacy, and making sure um, that they're sort of letting the right people know the right <laughs> information, right. And withholding you know uh, important exactly. stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I start out kind of from the perspective of privacy versus the spouse that you're divorcing. Mm-hmm. And the first one I have them look at is their technology, their email, computers, phone, GPS and cars, shared files, family calendars, anything that allows that spouse to get at your information. Mm-hmm. Um, I suggest that they create a new email, that they change all the passwords on their computers and phones and make them not something that someone could guess, like right. birth dates or whatever. I make sure that if they, for example, use a Google Calendar as a family calendar, stop using that or don't put an appointment that's it, that says meeting with divorce attorney that a spouse could see, but there's all kinds of technology. And there's a gentleman named Steve Bradley from our family wizard, who is amazing. All the specifics of what can happen with technology. He even shared with me that there are some co-parenting apps, not our family wizard, which is incredibly secure Mm -hmm. that in the footnotes say that they will sell your information, your name, address, et cetera, to third-party companies. Well, if things are available to third-party companies, they're available to anybody. So if you don't want your spouse to know where you are, that's, that's a huge thing to watch out for. Then there's the physical privacy of documents, computers, Um, things like that, that you want to make sure that they are in a place um, that cannot be gotten. And it's not just that you think they can't be gotten to, but that you're absolutely sure, whether it's 
taking it with you wherever you go, a laptop. Mm, that's right. Whether it's working from Google Drives, maybe then your hard drive, whether it's backing up your hard drive, whether it's having a technology person scan your computer to see if there's any kind of software that the spouse can access. But the paper documents are critical as well as hardware. I have a client who has been in litigation for over a year and she's received tons of information and it's just come in through email and it's not put in a filing system. It's not named in a way she can know what it is. So when she needs to go find something, she has to go through, you know, 700 emails. Right. So Mm -hmm. setting up kind of the worst case filing system, you know, maybe you're blessed and you have a very quick amicable divorce and it's not a big deal, but I like to say prepare for the worst. So those are some of the things uh, with privacy. And then, Mm -hmm. of course, there's the issue of privacy and safety with domestic violence Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's critical too. Absolutely. I also recommend to my clients that they open up a new private Gmail account that's not attached to their own one, whatever it is, whatever kind of account. Uh, Proton Mail is encrypted. That's always a good one if you're really concerned with with domestic violence and and being tracked and stuff like that. Have one email address that's literally just for all your divorce stuff. Exactly. So that's the one that mm-hmm. your coach has. That's the one that so that at least you're only searching through divorce emails for you know right. for, for relevant things. You know, on the flip side of this, right? I have a client whose spouse has been leaving documentation around the house willy-nilly mm. like it's as if he maybe wanted to get caught i mean he's so no. he's so careless yes. um, she found out that he's planning to move to another state mm-hmm. she found out about his long-term affair because mm-hmm. he's leaving stuff uh, you know on the kitchen counter yeah <laughs> you know so don't like don't be that don't mm-hmm. be that person oh because no you know, it put her 10 steps ahead of him in a lot of, of, of ways that were really important. Yeah. Also don't give access to things to your children. Mm. If they could in turn give access to the spouse, same way potentially with keys to the house. So there's all forms that many people, when they decide they want a divorce, It's like, I want to get going. I want this to be over. That's right. And they need to realize there's a tremendous amount of work that should be done before you go to an attorney. Mm -hmm. The other Mm -hmm. thing I'm very adamant about is preparation to when they tell their spouse they want a divorce and all of the things that need to happen before Mm -hmm. and all of the planning that needs to go into that conversation, the scripting, the location, Mm -hmm. the Mm -hmm. environment. I role play that with my customers or clients and reverse role play it so that they not only, so that they not only um, understand what they want to say, but they need to experience what it's going to feel like to the receiving party. And mm-hmm. the reason I think that's so important is I think it sets the stage for the entire divorce. Absolutely. A hostile experience 100%. can, you know, potentially create a hostile divorce. Absolutely. I I, I do the same thing with my clients. I have it mapped mm-hmm. out. I've got it scripted. Yeah. It's in my book, right? It is so, it is the most important conversation. And if there is a lack of safety, if there's something, right, there's there's really, in my mind, and I don't know if you agree with, tell me if you agree with this, in my mind, there's only really one time in where you should file and have them served without them knowing it's coming. And that's if you are in actual physical danger and you need to um, have yourself gone and protected at a shelter, right? But- Otherwise, this conversation needs to happen in person. Yeah, absolutely. You know, in in asking someone 
what would you like, how would you like someone to tell you if they were going to tell you they wanted a divorce? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's a real eye opener because frequently the two you have in your mind aren't the same. That's right. I suggest that in marriage communication too. Right. How how do you how would you want to be how would you want to receive this information whatever the information is how do you want to have how would you want difficult conversations to be presented to you and the answer of like well that's not how he communicates and that's not how he speaks to me anyway is really not the answer right, right. because we're we're talking about doing this and, and you know a lot of people for a lot of people I think you just kind of have to hold your nose. And have the conversation in a way that you know they would never have it with you because that's what's strategic, because that's what's going to have you get the best outcome. Yes. Well, Beverly, this has been an incredibly eye-opening and important conversation. I like the way that you... um, I like the way that you think about these things. You're very Mm -hmm. um, sort of clear in the way that you think Mm -hmm. about them and communicate them. I love it. Um, Your clients are incredibly lucky. I wish this is what I had known when I got my divorce. For sure. Mm -hmm. (laughs) For sure. Same. Absolutely. Right? They didn't have it. They didn't have the, we were not having these conversations back then. So Beverly, where can people find you? My website is herempowereddivorce.com. You can find me on Instagram at her underscore empowered underscore divorce or on Facebook, Facebook, LinkedIn. I have a podcast. All of those are available on my website. I'm also, I have a group called the Divorce Coalition, which is fighting domestic violence Mm -hmm. that Kate is on the advisory board and is a gracious founder. So that website is divorcecoalition.com. Excellent. 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 Highly recommend everyone go check out all things Beverly Price. So (laughs) Beverly, thank you so much. I am so grateful for this opportunity to talk to you and for you to share your wisdom um, with my audience. And, you know, we're, we're going to do more together, obviously, as, as time goes on now that my my book is out there done. I'll have a little bit more time to dedicate to the coalition, which I really do want to do. So thank you so much, Beverly. And uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you so much, Kate, for the work you do. And I must say that I do strongly recommend Kate's book to everyone contemplating divorce. Thank you so much. I so appreciate that. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Divorce Survival Guide podcast. If you like what you hear, head on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in and leave me a review. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram at The Divorce Survival Guide. I'll see you next time. And until then, remember, you, my love, deserve to be happy.